Yeah. Did you? So you know the boy, the little boy that dies in the movie early on. Uh huh. Um, he wants to go back out in the water just for a few minutes longer, and the mother's like, "No, your yeah, you know, your fingers are all you know, wrinkled up. It's time to get out of the water." He says, "Just ten more minutes." So she yeah. lets him go back out there, and uh, he's the one that actually dies at that point. Yes. Uh, several decades after the film's release, uh, Lee Fierro, who played Mrs. Kentner, mm-hmm. walked into a seafood restaurant and noticed that the menu had an Alex Kentner sandwich. <laughs> she she commented that she had played his mother so many years ago. Uh-huh. The, owner, the owner of the restaurant ran out to meet her, and it was none other than Jeffrey Voorhees, who had played her son. He was Alex Kentner. They have oh, not seen wow. each other since the original movie shoot. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Chris Adams. Retro Life for You podcast and special guest host with me this week, as Travis is still out, is Sarah from Two Chicks Talking Flicks. Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And it is awesome. Tell us a little bit about your podcast that you do. So we are a movie review podcast. It's me and my friend April, and we just watch a movie and then we review it. Sometimes we do more than one movie. Um we have different opinions and we laugh a lot. So that's kind of what our podcast is about. I mean, you got to laugh. Exactly. That's the fun of it. You know, you got to have fun while you're doing these things. I mean, that's the whole point. Yeah. She's always on the uh, evil teams camp and I'm always on the good guys. So it Uh-oh. can get pretty feisty. Good cop, bad cop. Yes. Yeah. Like well, she's yeah. on team Jaws. Like I guarantee you she's on the shark side. That's hilarious. Uh, that's, you know, because Steven Spielberg, the director, said by the time the end of the movie came around, he was rooting for the shark. <laughs> he said the characters were just so unlikable to him that he was rooting for the shark to win. That's that's crazy, uh, which is great segue into what I was going to say here, because we are doing in honor of Shark Week this week. We're doing Jaws, the first movie. Uh, it's been a while since I've actually seen it. I, mean, I say a while, a couple of years. I mean. Uh, I spent the last nine years in Florida before I moved back to Tennessee. And down there, you know, they'll show these movies quite often because you got the Gulf or the Atlantic, depending on which side you're on and everything. And this is the movie. This is the reason why, uh, Sarah, this is the reason why I will not go in the water past my waist. I will not. <laughs> That's what I pools mean, are made for. It can still get you, obviously. Yes, uh, but I'm going to see it. If I'm waist high, I'm going to see that big, great white coming in. Yeah, um, I think if I was any of these characters and saw this happen in front of my face, I would never even take a bath. Like, I'd be like, nope, showers just, or nothing. Yes, I don't want to do anything with the water. I'm good. Thank you very much. Uh, some of the people in this movie, I'm not sure how much you know about Jaws uh, for sure, but it's based off a 1974 novel by Peter Benchley. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it, he kind of struggled with what he was going to name it. I think there were several names that were kicked around, uh, like something to do with the jaws of the Leviathan, jaws of the still water, or something like that. And they, uh, he just, they just sounded too silly of a name. And literally 20 minutes before 
uh, they get the book to print, they decided on the name Jaws, just to call it simply Jaws, uh, based on a, of course, um, fictional town, Amity Island, and about a shark that was terrorizing the resort town. Now, see, I always thought the shark's name was Jaws. Well, they, they're calling it Jaws, <laughs> you know. That's, what, that's basically what it is. You know, it's talking about the shark. It's, it's referencing the shark. Well, because, so, you, know, you know, spoiler alert, uh, this the shark dies in this movie. And I just kept thinking, how did they make another Jaws? Well, like, you know, we'll, we'll, we, we will touch on that a little bit here soon. <laughs> because there are four Jaws movies. Yeah. In the franchise, I mean, it, this 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 franchise is forty, I think it was forty seven years old to this day, and it still terrorizes people, especially if they're seeing it for the first time. So, mm-hmm. this was your first time watching it. You said you thought. I mean, what was your actual thoughts on the movie? Um, it was good until the very last scene with the shark. Um, it was so incredibly cheesy. I was <laughs> laughing. Um, I could see where if you've never seen something like this before and you were watching this, um, like I know they have like those uh, like swim up drive in movie theaters where you can like sit in the water and watch it. I could see where it could be very scary. Uh, But watching it as an adult in 2022, I was like, this is horribly awful. In, in 1975, when this movie hit theater, they said people were legitimately screaming in the theater, yeah. uh, scared <laughs> when things would happen, when the shark would come out of nowhere, especially toward the end, uh, where they're at, where, you know, just you mentioned the cheesy part in the end where it attacks the boat and everything. Yeah. And uh, he, it just, it comes to the cage at the one guy, it comes to the, the window and another one, it pops up out of the darn water like it's doing Jimmy Superfly Snooker from the top rope and splashing down on the boat and yeah bringing it down in the water with it i mean that's that that was the craziest part of the whole movie i mean i'm i'm i highly doubt any shark is going to go straight up out of the air and just smack itself down on the boat and bring it back down in with it yeah no that (laughs) (laughs) so stupid um yeah but you know i i can see the charm i can see why back then they didn't have the advance in technology we have now. Like, if they made this exact same movie nowadays, even set it in the 70s, it would look so different. And it would probably be scarier. So, you know. I mean, the movies, they're definitely, definitely improving. I mean, we've had, as far as shark movies go, um, The Meg was the most recent one I can think of that hit theaters. But uh, well, about the megalodon shark. Well, like you know. um, I just saw the newest uh, Jurassic Park movie, and to oh. get ready for that, <laughs> I watched all of them. And I know I'd seen the first one, and I'd seen the newer ones, but I'd never seen two and three of the yeah. original group. And mm-hmm. so we're watching it, and by the time we got to the third one, it was in the two. It was two thousand one when that one was made. And it looked like it was probably made in the early 90s or <laughs> late 80s. It was this, it was so awful. The um the the dinosaurs looked so incredibly fake. And you would think it would have gotten better. It didn't. So actually I say 
a Jaws nowadays might be better, but it could actually be way worse. It could look so incredibly fake that, you know, it loses all of its glory that the original had. I want to say I read just the other day they're talking about re-releasing it in the theaters again for just for people to go back and watch it and get the theater feel. It'll be the same. It'll be the same movie. Yeah. Uh, not not a remake of any kind like that, but you know, some movies don't need to be remade. And True. I'm 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 glad some of them. And this is one of them that I hope they never remake. I hope they just leave it as it is and just make other shark movies if they're going to do a shark movie. And I feel like the song at the beginning of the movie that sets you up, you know, the dun 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 dun. I feel like that's not in the movie enough. Like, it's only in the movie when it, you have a water scene and it's underwater where the sh- where the shark is. But I feel like they didn't really use it any of the other times. Like I feel like they had it at the very first of the mm-hmm. movie, and then I didn't really hear it after that. I, my only explanation, surprising. yeah, my only explanation for that, I guess, is that they don't want to overdo it, overuse it to where it's not as effective. Maybe just you would think like that. You hear that song, you think Jaws. And for right. it to have only been used once, it that's pretty powerful. Like, I mean, it, a- if you if you think about it, when you watch Friday the Thirteenth, mm-hmm. uh, any of the other of the Jason movies, anytime you're outside in a dark area, they want to make you think something's going to happen. So you're yeah. always hearing the, yeah, you know, it's like, is he there? Is he is he coming? Is he is he there? Then he's not. He's nowhere to be found. Or maybe he was watching from afar, but they never showed him or something. You just, like, he's there, but he's not there. Well, they could have done it more with this as well. Anytime they were right around the water, you could have heard the, dun, dun, just the, the little bit beginning of it. Yeah. You know, and then a little slight, dun, 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 kind of fading out a little bit. Like, you'd think, is he going to come out of the water? Is he going to get this person? But then he doesn't. And then when you least expect it, next time it just pops out of the water with no warning. Yeah. Like I think I think they missed a real opportunity to really hit that home. Right. Steven Spielberg, if you're listening to this, we told you. <laughs> We're telling you. Yeah, I should have added a little bit more. Come on, man. Right. You should have called us back then. Like, did he go on to do anything after this? I mean, right? Like Steven Steven Spielberg? Uh, yeah. He had a couple of movies. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was no one he was, saw him, right? He was. I'm sure. I'm sure he was fairly successful. He might have had an alien movie nah. out there about some alien trying to find a phone so he could call home or something. Alien schmalian. Uh, who knows? An extraterrestrial, perhaps. Uh, An ET for short. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, one of, but that's another story for another day. True. Yeah. Now Steven Spielberg and George Lucas actually worked together quite often throughout that time. Uh, mm-hmm. Lucas, of course, you know, in Star Wars. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> very Never popular. Very popular dude for a popular movie. Uh, uh, Spielberg, though, you know, he had when Jaws came out in '75, it was the highest-grossing movie I think of all time. Do you know how much money this movie made? Did you see this? I didn't. Um, I'm gonna say 75 million. All right, so we got June 20th, 1975, good long time ago. Money was definitely different at the time. The movie itself, 124 minutes long. That's longer than most of the movies were, I think, at that time, too. Most of them were generally about an hour and a half, hour and 20 minutes sometimes, uh, pushing it an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, but this one, a little over two hours, two hours and four minutes. 
the budget, the estimated budget for filming the movie was $9 million. So wow. if it made $75 million, that'd be a good return, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Worldwide, it, it made $472 million. Wow, I was way under. <laughs> now, the other ones, the further along it went, you're, you're more spot on, I think. Hey, hey. But the first one, though, was something new at the time, and it was great. Everybody loved it, and it made a ton of money. So the the guy that wrote the book said he almost wished he hadn't have written the book too to, at the end of it because it led to people just going out and hunting sharks and uh, it, like they're trying to eliminate sharks from the water because nobody wanted to go in the water anymore. And he's one of those people who is fighting for ocean conservation and stuff and protecting the species. So a lot of the shark species are you know close to being extinct basically. So would you say Hooper his character is based on this guy? Like, oh, on Peter Benchley, a, a fair no. assessment. <laughs> no, no, no. But Peter Benchley was just the author of the book. Um, he uh, Hooper was just like a marine biologist. He he studied sharks. But I feel like if if he was writing a character that was into sharks and stuff like that, like he is, Hooper would be the most closest. Uh, I would say so. He would be the character. closest to him, definitely, because Quint's nothing like him. He's the guy that ran yeah. the boat. And um, Brody. I, I couldn't understand a word that guy said. <laughs> I had no he, idea what he was talking about. You guys, you got to speak old fisherman talk. I guess. And you got to you got to understand songs that he does. You got to yeah. listen to what he says in the songs to get a good meaning behind it. Plus, I think he was drunk most of the time. I think so. He was a and drunk in real life. So some some people don't have a good drunk voice. You know, some people do. Some people talk better when they're drunk. Well, know. and he was either English or Irish. I want to say he was from Ireland. So having to put an accent on and be a fisherman, probably pretty difficult. And and from the north, he's from he has that northern accent to him as well. Yeah. I mean, so it you mix all that in, it's it's a language on its own. But he uh, see that guy. Let me get the names of the people who were in the movie. So we got Roy Scheider, who plays Chief Brody, Martin Brody. Robert Shaw is the guy that played Quint, mm-hmm. a professional shark hunter. And Richard Dreyfus is uh, Hooper, the marine He's biologist. He's my favorite. Richard Dreyfus wanted to be in some pretty good movies after that as well. He's done a lot of great things. Lorraine Gary played the wife. Um, and she was actually in the first two and the fourth movie. Uh, Scheider's just in the first two movies, and that's it. Yeah, um, I couldn't stand her character. Um, wasn't a fan of her. <laughs> no, they, they didn't do uh, do her any favors at all as far as no. building her character up to be a favorite. She was kind of, um, well, it, it tells you this, that they kind of break it down for you that they're from New York. They moved from New York, from the city area, down to Amity Island because uh, Brody was telling somebody, he was telling Quint, I think, about how you can't, no, he was telling uh Hooper, that you can't be up north there. You gotta walk your kids to schools, crime in the streets everywhere, all of this stuff. Well, come to Amity Island and make your all your dreams come true, where life is a lot easier, living is great, be by the beach, you know, what could happen? And then you get here and there's a shark. You know, just she, she's got the New York accent. Well, maybe not accent, but the New York attitude about her, about people from the city. Because if you've ever seen uh Blue Bloods, for example, do you watch the mm-hmm. TV show Blue Bloods? Uh I've when seen you it. listen when you listen to some of them talk, especially Donnie Wahlberg's character, uh, 
he's he's gruff when he talks and very blunt, but it's like he's not trying to be rude. It's just on, unless he's in a bad mood, and you can tell he's being rude. But I mean, even when he's when he's not in a bad mood, he, he talks a similar way where he's just blunt and brash and to the point, and it's a little rough around the edges. Yeah. It's not he's not sugarcoating anything. Um, you know, if you're in the South or something, it's a little bit different. If, if he's saying uh, he wants you to get up and do something, he wants you to do it now, he's kind of rough with it down here. They're like, excuse me, did, but do you, it's not too much trouble. Do you think you could uh, go over there and pick that up for me real quick? You know? Yeah. It's a lot different world, two different societies, it seems like. So that's how she struck me, is it just that, that, that classic person from New York City that is just blunt and to the point. She kind of reminded me of Miss Potato from Toy Story. Um, <laughs> you know, when she's like telling her husband that she packed all of his stuff in his right. uh, butt. And she's like, uh, here's uh, your extra eyes and your Cheetos in case you get hungry. And she's just like telling him all the stuff she packed in his little bag. I'm like, yeah, he's going on a boat. Why did you pack in black socks? Like, what? He's, like he's like, what do I tell the kids? He said, tell them I went fishing. Yeah, she's like, here's a quarter. Call me. <laughs> it's not a lie. He did go fishing. Oh man, the you mentioned earlier the music being played. John Williams is the one that did the score for. It. He's the composer. I believe John Williams is the same one that did the uh, Star Wars too. The Star Wars oh. stuff. If I'm not mistaken. So. um that's a, that, that that connection you got with Spielberg and Lucas and everything. John Williams did a lot of stuff back in that time. And, you know, a lot of the more memorable stuff you hear, I think, was John Williams back then. I know for sure he had the Star Wars and he had Jaws. Um, see here. I don't Is know he, if he the did one anything. that did Home Alone? Home Alone. Well, not, this guy just does musical scores. You're talking I know. about. No, I, no, no. I'm trying to, I don't know if he did or not. He might. He might. Let me see. Hold on. I got a list of things right here popping up now. He did the Star Wars saga. He did Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Superman, E.T., the Extraterrestrial, the first two Home Alone films, oh, yes. I knew it. <laughs> yep, there you go. The, the Indiana Jones films, the first two Jurassic Park films, and the first three Harry Potter films. Um, so And Schindler's List. So he's done music, uh, musical scores for all of those. Very memorable music. They are. They stand out. Uh, we did an episode here uh, quite a while back. We're only on number 20. This will air as episode 24 mm-hmm. uh, when I put it out. So we haven't uh, gotten real far down the list yet. But early on, we did a uh, one with some of our favorite uh, songs that were basically by composers. And... Um... and and we I didn't have... take the we, we didn't even take the more notable ones. We didn't take none of those I just read off to you. We stayed away from the ones that were well known and went outside I... the box a little bit. So I actually have a bone to pick with you. Can I can I bring that up right now? I, absolutely. Um, so I listened to your newest episode where you talked about 90s sports movies. Yes. And um, first of all, you're wrong about the Sandlot. That's a perfect <laughs> movie. Should have been on the list. It should have been for some people. Secondly, um, Mighty Ducks 2 is by far the most superior of all the Mighty Ducks movies. And that should have at least been on your list. See, when it comes to the Mighty Ducks and you had three of them, I like two and three the best. I can't can't make in my mind which one I like better of the two. The first one was okay. It was good. It introduces the characters. 
It has a good story to it, a good feel to it. But two and three, when they were a little older and had more to play for, it seemed like it was just better. And yeah. I couldn't make up my mind. So since I couldn't take all of them and I only had room for 10, I decided to give them honorable mention and put something else there that I knew that I liked as well. Yeah. And the Sandlot, I just could not get into those kids. I, I couldn't. Uh, it was it was just too much for me. I couldn't yeah. do it. No, you're you're wrong. Um, and <laughs> and number two is the best one. It goes two three one. Just two three one. I, I will yeah. give you that two three one. You're right. I think you're probably right on that. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, they're all very close to each other, but two is definitely the most superior. Yeah, it's it's like I I, I kicked around the idea between Rookie of the Year and Angels in the Outfield. Angels I, I in the outfield. Cut, I, no, I, I, I couldn't make my mind which one of those I wanted to put there. They were both funny to me. Yeah, rookie of the year was a bet, much better pick. Um, I'm a Rangers fan, a Texas Rangers fan, and yeah. I told well, I my mean, co-host that I will not be doing a review of Angels in the Outfield or Moneyball because those are both four teams in our division, and I was not going to do those. Well, okay. First of all, I'm sorry that you're a Texas fan. Not everybody's perfect or anything. It's not like you're an Atlanta fan where where the ball really lies, you know. So, I mean, it's okay, though. We'll look past that. We'll overlook that. Hey, at least I'm not an Astros fan, okay? That's even they're better. They're cheaters. Um, That's even better that you're not. Yes, we, we yeah. don't. We don't they're, they're almost like the Voldemort of baseball. Yes, right? Like they who must not be named. Yeah, I have a shirt that says, um, this is Dick. Dick is an Astros fan. Don't be like Dick. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh. Uh, at, at first, I thought you were saying you had a bone to pick. When I was talking about the music, I thought you said you were going to listen to the, you listen to the music episode I was I was talking yeah. about. Like, oh, what musical song did I pick up that was bad? You know. No. Nope, no. Nope. We did. We actually did two variations of it. We did uh, musical scores, mm-hmm. and the first one we did was in the within the first six or seven episodes. I think we did. Uh, some favorite songs from the movies mm-hmm. and we said stay away from the typical ones don't go for like don't don't say ghostbusters because you know you know everybody knows ghostbusters because the movie is ghostbusters was titanic on your list because it should no, be. no <gasps> uh, uh no but my heart did go on though so i was okay uh that but when when did the titanic come out 1997 darn it it's in the 90s okay yeah and well, I um, mean, Forrest look, Gump should have been on there at least. Now, are we talking about for music? Yeah. I mean, because there's some there's a, there's a ton of music like songs out there that, that we that we could have picked. We were talking about this after the show that we did. We talked about it because we had some backups in case somebody took one of our other ones that we were going to take. And uh, but most of our stuff that we were doing early on was more '80s based. So I I, I yeah. think what we did was. It was songs that we liked from the films that were the 1980s. I don't think we had anything that was from the 90s at all. And we were going to save it and do one from the 90s as well. Mm. So we have more content for later is what we were going to do. So that's pretty much, you know, I'm not, that's not the reason why I don't have Titanic on there for a song because, you know, I I just didn't want it on there. Well, I didn't mean my heart will go on. I just meant as a whole, the score for Titanic, it's, Fabulous. Well, now, see, you know, the score that would have been something on on the, the episode for the score. Yeah, we could have done that. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie though; it, it never came to mind. It's great. Uh, and, I actually and, have two 
Titanic CDs. <laughs> and, and then to, to top it off, uh, I was always giving my co-host Travis grief when I something would mess up. I'd say, you know, everybody, Travis is working the board tonight. Excuse us. We're sorry. You know, and he'd get to laughing because he's messing some stuff up. I took two songs in a row that was not even in our time frame. <laughs> they were from the 2000s. And wow. I, didn't, I could not believe I couldn't believe it. I, I the first thing I took was uh something from the hot uh not the hobbit uh fellowship of the ring, Lord of the Rings. And while he said that's a great one, he goes, You can't use it, it's from the 2000s. Mm. And then mm-hmm. I tried using Pirates of the Caribbean mm-hmm. like a dummy and disqualified for that. So I finally just threw uh Robin Hood Prince of Thieves in there. I just threw that in. Isn't that the 90s? That was in the 90s, yes. But that was okay, okay though. We were doing doing 80s and 90s at that point for the musical scores. That's why I said I I could have put Titanic in if I thought about it, but I did not even think about it. You're missing out. I know. I I have a tendency to do that. It's all good. Would you go out on a boat the size of the orca? Um, No. and 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 hunt a great white shark. Uh, no, and I definitely wouldn't just have my back away from the water and stand on that little tiny plank because right. that was stupid. So after she comes there and she tells him like Miss Potato Head that she's packed all this stuff for her, then <laughs> they take off in the boat. Yeah, and they're up there, and you got there taking a drink and toasting and everything. And here's I, I don't remember what it was that Quint said that. Um, the wife turned around and said, well, that's got to be Mr. Quint. And he said, yeah, he's, he's a special kind of guy, you know. Yeah. Um, they go out on the water. Uh, the guy has got all his equipment out there, all that scuba tanks, the cage they put together and all this stuff. And he's talking about uh, Quint's giving him a hard time because he's all this newfound stuff. And, you know, he's talking about just catching the shark. He's talking about, you know, mm-hmm. killing the shark and catching it and bringing it in. And then when they first see it go by the first time, the quote that uh, Roy Scheider says uh, when he backs up and he says, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, that was that was not scripted. That was actually ad libbed at the point by him. (laughs) And they thought they thought it was so good. They kept it. And they're looking at that shark go by the boat. That thing was every bit as long as the boat. Yes, it was bigger. It could pull the boat. And and it did at one point. Yeah, there were they had what two or three barrels on it. Yeah, I think two barrels. See if it would not go into water. And it goes right past the boat on the back side of it and starts pulling it with them. Yeah. Uh, until it finally snaps the pieces off of it. And, you know, it's it's crazy that they're out there. I guess they're up all night at this point. And they're drinking now and they're getting crazy. They're they're telling, showing each other scars and everything that they've gotten from different animals yes. in the water. And they're they're talking about early in the movie what attracts sharks. Mm-hmm. Well, the noise. The splashing around the water and the noise and everything. And they're out there smacking their table and singing and being loud and laughing. Right. And all of a sudden that thing starts ramming the side of the boat. You see the wood caving in like it's about to just come right through the boat. That's yeah, crazy. It's the thing with every bit as long as the boat. I mean, I, I, I don't, it, it wouldn't have been as good if they had let it come crashing through the boat mm-hmm. into it at that point. But it makes you feel like it very much could have at that point. Yeah, it was pissed, and I think it would have if it could have uh, given a little bit more effort. I actually yeah. thought he was a pretty 
awful shark. Um, Because in the opening scene, it took a really long time for him to bite the girl. And I just kept thinking, how is she getting away from you? I mean, it could be, you know, she was paddling or just uh, floating in the water there. He just took a foot, grabbed a foot. Maybe he took a bite out of her foot, got a bite out of her leg. Who knows? They didn't really show it. But yeah. maybe he's just toying with the meat, too. You know, I guess. Okay. I guess he's playing with his food. I mean, I was told not exactly. to do that. but Right. Well, there was no shark mama there to tell him different. <laughs> I guess not. This was not no baby shark either, though. And if you no. sing that, and if you sing that song, I am stopping the podcast right now. <laughs> no baby sharks. Um, what did I do with this? I had something a while ago. Some little uh, tidbits about the movie here. Well, I know that at one point, um, the guy comes out of the water that he thought was a shark, and he says uh, that some bat hat Harry. I did not know that that was from this movie. Because uh, they have um, Bad Hat Harry is a production company. Mm-hmm. And after certain shows, that little clip will run. And I never knew it was from Jaws. Now, what was it again? Uh, that's some Bad Hat Harry. He says that to like the old man who was topless in front of him on the beach the first day he goes to the beach after the first shark attack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that old man comes up to him and he says that. And I've seen it like um it's on house. If you watch an episode of the show House at mm-hmm. the very end, he says that some hat Harry, uh, that's a bad hat Harry. And um I never knew what that was from until I watched this movie and I was like, "Oh my god, that the mystery is solved." Take a sigh of relief now. Yeah. Did you So you know the boy, the little boy that dies in the movie early on. Uh-huh. Um he wants to go back out in the water just for a few minutes longer. And the mother's like, no, your, you know, your fingers are all wrinkled up. It's time to get out of the water. He says, just 10 more minutes. So she yeah. lets him go back out there. And uh, he's the one that actually dies at that point. Yes. Uh, several decades after the film's release, uh, Lee Fierro, who played Mrs. Kentner, mm-hmm. walked into a seafood restaurant and noticed that the menu had an Alex Kentner sandwich. <laughs> she... <laughs> She commented that she had played his mother so many years ago. Uh-huh. The owner, the owner of the restaurant, ran out to meet her, and it was none other than Jeffrey Voorhees who had played her son. He was Alex Kentner. They had oh, not wow. seen each other since the original movie shoot. Voorhees. Jeffrey Voorhees, yes, not Jason, but Jeffrey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. I always thought that was just a made-up name for the movie as well. Yeah. When I, when I first seen it, and then uh, one of the girls from Saved by the Bell had the last name Voorhees. I think it was Lisa. Yeah. Lisa I can't think of her actual name. Lark. Though. Her name is Lark. Lark, okay. Yeah, and it was Voorhees. I always thought that was funny. Um, Steven Spielberg, do you remember when the first girl you were talking about earlier, uh, mm-hmm. why it take him so long to, to kill the girl? Uh, her body had washed up on the, the beach. Like and a perfect manicure intact mind you. yes absolutely this is the reason why probably the prop arm looked too fake in the scene they said where uh the girl chrissy's remains were discovered so instead mm-hmm. they buried a female crew member in the sand with only her arm exposed uh-huh. yeah they uh-huh. don't show us her body 
I was like, oh, must just be yeah. her arm. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's like her arm was taken off or something. Well, that's all that was left, possibly. Yeah. Um, Their little town, every time they showed like a sign with it, all I could think is Amityville Horror. Right, because you think it, yeah. But, it, but it's not even Amityville, it's just Amity Island. Yeah, it says Amity, uh, at one point they had a sign that said Amity Harbor. And mm-hmm. all I could think is Amityville Horror. <laughs> I was like, do they know where they are? <laughs> Poor people that town, they got haunted houses and big sharks. What's yeah. next? Yeah. You know, people people terrorizing you in your sleep or something or mm-hmm. crazy people in hockey masks. Probably. That <laughs> Voorhees character running Voorhees. around. That's right. It says here over 67 million people in the U.S. went to see this film when it was initially released in 1975, making it the first summer blockbuster that there ever was because the amount of money that it made. Hmm. Um, let's see. Robert Shaw, which is Quint, and Richard Dreyfus Hooper could not stand each other, and the two argued all the time, which resulted in the good tension you've seen between Hooper and Quint. Aw. So it was probably, I guess, legit aggravation between the two. I gotta say, Hooper, the whole time, like, I've seen movies with uh, Richard Dreyfus, so I kind of know his acting style, mm-hmm. and I feel like he really enjoyed this movie, or he, his character really enjoyed doing what he was doing, because he was always smiling when he shouldn't have been smiling, and was, like, really into, like, they would see the shark. The shark is terrifying, and I feel like he was smiling. He was like, oh, I just saw a giant shark. I must smile. <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. His his character was one of the better characters in the movie, too. Oh, he, sure. just, he always had that little humor about him. He's up there the first of them when all the people are getting together to go catch the shark and kill it. He's just arriving. He's looking for the sheriff. And yeah. um, he's yelling at the guys in there. He says, hey, uh. The sheriff here like to ask me to tell you guys that you're overloading the boat. He's ah telling him blah 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 blah. You know they ain't listening to him. Yeah. He goes well okay. Can you tell me where I can find a good place to stay and a great place to eat? And he said yeah, just walk forward. And which he's gonna go in the water and he does. Yeah. So he turns around laughing and goes <laughs> they're all gonna die. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they got no clue. Um, he just a little funny little quips he'd throw in there, and, and, and that made his character real fun. Yes. Um, the rest of them, uh, Quince, just like we said, he's just ornery, straightforward and ornery. He just don't want anyone to be around him. It seems like he's he's like a loner type, and the sheriff just don't know what's going on. Chief Brody yeah. just has no idea what's going on. He wants to shut the he thinks shut the beach down is the best idea when it probably was, but then again, everybody in town's against it because they won't make no money. And, you know, no. line them up, line them up, and let the shark see. We're gonna get paid. Come on, it's okay. No, just the mayor is really against it. Um, couldn't stand the mayor. That's a lot of bureaucratic BS. Was no. not a fan. No, um, and if you if you remember though, a little bit before the mayor talked about it, they had a, the the town council was like, you know, you got you got to go to the council for this stuff, you know. Yeah. And a, a couple of them were like, you know, well, you know, we make our money in the month of July. You know, then the summer's over. August is gone. The summer's over. You know, and he's like, we're talking about sharks here, you know. Yeah. I like how they get on the boat and travel and then come right back. And I was like, what was the purpose of that? Was that where they went out at night? 
No, no, it was when um he was talking to the mayor and the council, and they're like, "You got to go to the council about this." He's like, "No, I want to put up signs," and they're like, "No, you can't do that." Uh, and then the um coroner was like, "Well, you know, I think I overstated. Like, it wasn't a shark bite." Is that where they were on the um the little ferry? Yeah, the ferry. Yeah, they like went out, well, and he, then they came was... right back. Uh, Brody was on the way out to tell the kids that were out there for the Cub Scouts or whatever they were, Cub Scouts yeah. or whatever, that they had to get out of the water and come back up there and yeah. do their, their one-mile swim. But when he was going out to tell them, that's when the mayor had stopped him from doing what he was doing. They were already on the ferry to go. And yeah. so they went out as the guy took the other people across the ferry and they came back with it again and got back on land. Yeah, I was just like, what was the point of that trip? I knew he, where he was going. But it looked like he got stopped and then just went right back. And I was like, were you not going to go tell them? You're just going to leave them? Like, right. Get bit by a shark? Apparently that's what it was. <laughs> and the guy said, oh, I think I can say it was a boat propeller that did the damage. He said, you're going to stand by that. He goes, absolutely. Mm. Well, all right. Yeah. And it says here, the, this actually Spielberg was not the first director that they had picked. Um it says originally Steven Spielberg was not the director of Jaws in 75. The first director was Dick Richards. He was fired after a meeting with producers and studio executives. In the meeting, he said that his opening shot would have the camera come out of the water to show the town. Then the whale, instead of a shark, would come out of the water. The producer said they were not making Moby Dick. They, they would not work with someone who knew the difference in a whale and a shark. <laughs> hmm. So they got rid of him real quick. And then, uh, of course, I told you Spielberg said when he first read the novel, he found himself rooting for the shark. The human characters were so unlikable. Is that why they named the boat Orca? Just to, like, stick it to the... <laughs> I don't know, because, you know, there was that movie There was that movie Orca about the killer whale. Yeah. So I don't know if that was a shot at that or just a, a tip of the hat to it or something. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, Steven Spielberg, he didn't go on to much greatness, so it's like nothing lost. It says here, now if you remember this part, when they go out at night and they find that guy's boat. Yeah. Uh, after everybody had gone out to go find the shark to kill it. It says the scene where the head pops out from under the boat was not originally scripted. Director Steven Spielberg says he got greedy after he saw the preview audience's reaction to the scene where the shark jumps out behind Brody's head and wanted mm -hmm. one more scare. So he threw that in there for one more scare where the head just kind of floated by. I love it. Uh, Spielberg wanted Charlton Heston to play Chief Brody. Ooh. Uh, that might have been a good pick, too. Yeah. He had his uh, reputation of his saving the day role in previous movies like Airport and Earthquake. But uh, Spielberg reasoned that if Heston would have been a cast, it signifies to the audience that the shark has virtually no chance against the hero. It's true. I guess it's like nowadays you don't want to. I don't know who'd be a good person to throw out there. Hmm. You know they wouldn't have a chance or something. Uh, the Rock. You know you got the <laughs> Rock set up against him or yeah. You know, rock go out there and tell that shark he'll lay the smack down. The shark will just turn around and speed away. But no. No. Let's see anything else of interest here. Steven Spielberg shot roughly 25% of the film from water level to provide the viewers a perspective as if they were treading water. 
gets a little more of a scare to you, I guess. You think the shark's coming up out of the water. Now, you said you lived in Florida. Yes, I did. Okay, so do sharks tend to hang out in shallower water? I thought they were, like, out in the deeper parts. You would be surprised uh, what is in the shallower waters. Now, um, I can tell you that when family would come visit, uh, sometimes they would go out there and they would take uh, the helicopter rides up and down the beach that it was mm-hmm. offered. And my sister had told me that she will never go back in that water again after she looked down from that helicopter. She said, you would not believe the number of sharks that was in the water swimming so close to where the people were out in the water. And oh. they had no idea they were there. She even seen it where it looked like they were swimming in between packs of people. So if oh. you've seen... Have you seen a pack of 10 or 15 people here on the left and 10 or 15 over on the right? Uh, you would see a shark or two going up in between and turn around swimming right back out to the deeper end, too. Now, the sharks that would come up by the, the edge of the beach, though, they were uh, sand sharks. Uh, uh, what were they called? Nurse sharks or something? Sand sharks, nurse sharks. Uh, they're, they're sharks that are less likely to attack anybody. Oh, that's good. That's what it comes down to. Are are we sure they're not? She didn't see dolphins. I I don't think you could at, at that point you would confuse a dolphin for a shark. They're not that high up in the air when they go uh, through. Okay. Um, you can see just the fin, but when the dolphins, when you see the dolphins out there, mm-hmm. you just don't see a um, a fin going. Okay, you just don't see a fin going across the water. You see them come up out of the water and go back down like they're. They're making a little rainbow-like flip oh, okay. out of the water. Not coming straight out and flipping, but, I mean, just coming up and going back down, repeating that process. A uh, shark, if there are fins above water, it's just going straight down through the water and everything. So, luckily, i never seen anything like that. Uh, yeah. I did see people catch sharks off the, off the beach and off the piers. Um, it was not legal to fish for sharks during the daytime, though. You had to do it at night off the pier. Uh, because they would not let you chum the water, obviously, when people were out there swimming. Now, if you were Quinn, um, would you strap yourself in and then attach the reel to your body? So if the shark was on the line, he could just pull you in. I wouldn't do it, period, no. But I think he did it because they had yet to see how big the shark was. It doesn't matter how big the shark is. I feel it. It's bigger than you. You know, that's true. That's true. <laughs> like, they knew about the size of the mouth of the shark, so like I'm like, bro. Well, that's but the not shark, that, look. the shark that they caught though, the tiger shark that they caught had a fairly big bite radius on it. It just wasn't quite as big as the other one. Yeah. So it, if it was a little bit bigger tiger shark, then. It still wouldn't have been that big of a difference, and he's caught sharks of that size. You've seen the ones he had in his building, in his, yeah. in his, his shop. So uh, I, I think he was banking off the fact that he's got all the experience doing the shark hunting. He knew what he was doing, and he could bring the shark in until they actually seen how big it was swimming by, and the look yeah. on his face was like, you know, Uh-oh. wow, I'm, I'm glad they didn't pull me off the boat a while ago. Yeah, you and know. also, like, how did he not just break that uh string? It's not very strong. 
especially 1975 uh, fishing line. Come on. The fish now. The fishing line he was using was piano wire. He said. Still, I um, I would think that it would be wire, able to snap that. <laughs> well, eventually, I mean, that piano wire did snap the first when he was hooked in. If you remember. Yeah. Uh, it did snap then. Because the other guy was like, you know, Hooper was like, you know, it doesn't prove it's a shark or a great, you know, giant shark or anything. It just, yeah. just means you broke the line. He said, it's piano wire. You don't just break piano wire. And I don't know what it takes to break piano wire. I'm not sure. But, I mean, it could take a lot for all we know. And yeah. maybe he's like, you know, impossible. But this happened. So, I felt like he took a really long time to shoot the shark um with the with the gun i feel like there was a lot of missteps in his calculations for this shark the first time with the harpoon he took too long because hooper was trying to get that device on it yeah and i don't i don't know if that was a tracking device or what it was i'm thinking it was a tracking device that would show up on radar but do you never see him take advantage of it if it was no no, what was didn't. the whole point? What was the point of putting that thing on there? There was no use of it, it looked like, during the whole time. Yeah. Um, that was the first time. It took him a while for that. Now, after that, um, he didn't take as long, except for the, one of the last ones he shot that got it um, up under the bottom of his mouth. And that one yeah. uh, took a little bit to get off, but he had to reload everything again. And then he, like, he shot from the hip Yeah. when he, when he did it. So I, I'm assuming it was close enough he could do that because... I mean, he he's not Rambo with a deep. He's not going to go out there with a machine gun at his hip and just start mowing everything down. I was like, if you have a gun that can shoot this shark, that should have been object number one. It, the fact that Chief Brody was taking his six-shooter and shooting at the shark was making me laugh. Yeah, that, that was not going to hurt the shark. Um, no, he, he skipped across the skin one time, I think, and that was it. Yeah. The rest of the time, it either reflected off the water because of how fast they were going and such. Did it deflected off of that, or just off the shark in general because his skin's so tough? Uh, they say here Steven Spielberg did name the shark, though. Oh, what do you mean? Yeah, it wasn't called Jaws; it was called Bruce. Oh, after his lawyer. <laughs> his lawyer's quite the shark, eh? Okay, I guess there was a movie, and was it Saving Nemo? There was a shark in that movie, wasn't there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What, what was the Finding name of the Nemo. Uh, well, uh, Finding Nemo, yes. What was the name of the shark in that movie? I don't know, but I do I, know that there was a, a shark. I almost want to say it was Bruce. Probably. That I'm, not, about, I'm, right? I'm not sure, but I mean, I almost want to say it was. Huh, who knows? I don't know. They say here that Roy Scheider stated in an interview that when Lee Fierro, who was Mrs. Kentner, smacked him in the face, she was actually hitting him. Apparently, the actress could not fake a slap. So <laughs> the, the 17 takes, he said, were some of the most painful of his acting career. Yeah, I think that um, she was misguided in her thoughts on why she slapped him. Like, if, it, if anybody deserved a slap, it was the mayor. Yes, definitely. He needed I mean, more than a slap, I think, though. Yeah, a whole room of people knew that the sheriff wanted to close the beach and that the mayor was like, no, no, no. Let's not do that. 
Let's see, there was, there was actually three versions of the shark that was made. Uh, it says here three mechanical bruises were made, each with specialized functions. One of the sharks was open on the right side, so you only seen it from the left, and I guess somebody was sitting inside of it operating stuff on it. Uh, the other one was open on the left side instead of the right, and a third of it was fully skinned. Each shark cost approximately $250,000 to make. Well, that's pretty cool. Now, I wonder about the one, they've got that ride at Universal Studios. I wonder if they if they patterned that shark for the ride just like the one from the movie. Probably. Cause I, cause I know it pops up out of the water at one point, but. Yeah, um, I've never been there, so I don't know. I've, I mean, I've, I've been there, but I didn't get to ride the ride, though. It was too long of a ride. We stood in line for two hours to get on it and still never made it until we left. <laughs> Crazy. Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, was used as Amity Island primarily because even 12 miles out to sea, the sandy bottom was just 30 feet down, allowing the mechanical shark to function. The residents were paid $64 a piece to scream and run across the beach as extras. Um. I love how he tells everybody to get out of the water and they all run to the water. Yeah. It's like they're people are running to the water to get their kids. It looks like, but even the ones coming out, they're just trampling over everybody. Yeah. Kids that on, one guy. Yeah. That kids one guy on, who kept uh, flinging people off their floats. Yeah. The kids on the float were kids. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the kids I, off their float. Yeah. I wanted him to get bit by the shark so bad. <laughs> so so bad. I think that's a missed opportunity. It was people might have, people might have applauded for that one. I don't know. I think so it's um, possible. When the dog got bit, I was more sad than I was about anybody else who got eaten alive by the shark. Yeah, because the dog just disappeared. The little stick was yeah. floating. The dog was nowhere to be found anywhere. I was like, no, no, not the dog. They kept. Paying so much attention to that dog. And I was like, no, they can't kill the dog. It is crazy. It is. I, I, I'm going to yeah. uh, I'm going to go ahead and take us uh, steer us away from the movie here in just a second. But just okay. go ahead and get out real quick. Um, for those who have not watched Jaws, we definitely recommend you go watch it. Or I do anyway. I can't speak for you, obviously. But <laughs> I would say I recommend watching it. Yes, there might be some cheesy parts in it, but I think overall, if you haven't seen it before, that you'll enjoy the movie. And you might think twice about getting out in the water too deep at that point. True. Um, the uh, way it goes toward the end, so spoiler alert if you don't want to know, if you haven't watched it, you know, we're giving you a chance now to go ahead and turn this down or turn it off, fast forward it, whatever the deal might be. But uh, right at the end there, you see where uh, Quint finally shows that you know, no matter how gruff he is, how tough he wants to sound, uh, he still is no match for the 25-foot shark. The shark jumps up out of the water and comes down, lands on the back end of the boat, mm -hmm. and smashes it in little pieces at the bottom and brings it down in the water where it's now starting to sink even faster. It was already starting to sink some because it was taking on some water where the shark had done hit it a few times. Mm -hmm. uh, Quint takes a slide down into it. He kicks at it with his feet and legs trying to keep from getting caught, but eventually he slides right into the shark's mouth. And so you know you get this this gruesome scene of him, you know the teeth right at his waist area and stomach. Mm -hmm. It's just locked onto him and squeezing into him. He said, "I think at one point you see blood squirt somewhere." Yeah. Um, it says it's really crazy. 
Um, and Roy Scheider's character just can just look away is all he can do is look away while it's happening. There's because they can't get him out now. It's too late. Um, the uh, early in the movie, earlier in the movie, it was later on right on the boat on the Orca. Uh, Hooper had mentioned to Brody, "Be careful with the tanks. That's compressed air. They will blow yeah. up." Now you got the end of it. The ship is sinking. The sharks trying to come in on Brody. He picks up one of those tanks he sees and starts hitting him. And he pound him on the nose with it because you know the nose of the shark is like the weakest area yeah and it it, it makes them tend to, to run away they get punched in the nose or something so he uh shark comes back again he goes to hit it loses his grip or whatever on it and it throws it right into his mouth so the shark has got an air tank in his mouth now mm-hmm. and he's going off and swimming back again so now brody's got one last hope left because the top of the boat the top of the mast there is right above the water He's about to be completely in the water and he's going to be shark bait for sure. So the shark is swimming toward him and he keeps shooting at the shark with the rifle. Just begging for it to hit the air tank. Yeah. And I, 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 I've never figured this out. Uh, what's your opinion on this? Did he, could he see the air tank sticking out of the shark's mouth? I think Or so. was it just a lucky shot finally that it hit? No, I think he could see it because that's why he kept trying over and over and over. I see. I, I thought he just kept trying because he was shooting in the general direction of the shark's head, but a, a couple of the shots were off to the to the side a little bit, and I couldn't tell if maybe he was actually seeing it because as the shark is coming, the water is spilling out to both sides, yeah. where you can't see real well. But eventually, it's like it looks like he's got his eye one eye shut. He's focused and he like he, it's like he sees it because he's like smile you son of a then he pulls mm-hmm. the trigger and yeah, everything blows great. up sharks in a million pieces everywhere crazy way to kill the shark at the end of it no um, my so, question is does he get the money then uh, I'm pretty sure that the lovely mayor uh, didn't give nobody the money because the contract <laughs> was for Quint and Quint's no longer around anywhere mm. the question should be did Quint have any family that the money went to at the end? Uh, because uh, technically the group went out, they killed the shark and they came back. Although the money was just going to go to Quint, not the other two. Well, it should have gone to the chief, the chief because he did the damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so enough for that. Now this one here, basically we're at the end of it. Hooper comes back up from his hiding spot where he got away out of the cage uh, and Shark's gone. He asks about Quint. Finally, he doesn't make it. They put together a couple of barrels on some wood, and they start, you know, doggy paddling or kicking their feet, headed back towards shore, hoping that the tide's with them. And then, of course, the movie goes off from there. Now, this spun off three other sequels, and I'm just going to briefly touch on the, the, three, the three that came out because we're getting that 54 minutes now. We usually stick around an hour, a little over an hour. Okay. But uh, the second one, uh, is another Amity Island deal where another shark has showed up. Mm-hmm. And in the original preview, if you look on YouTube, you can find the original uh, commercials for the movies. And it says, uh, did we really believe that there was only one in water so vast? <laughs> you know, and that then now another one's there. And his kids are older. One of them's a teenager. One of them's, a, you know, kind of like a tween, I guess is what you would call him. And they they ignore what he what he says about being out in the water because he he's found out after a couple of attacks he thinks he has another shark issue again uh, and he don't want them out in the water. Mm-hmm. 
and they go out anyway. And uh, sure enough, the shark ends up targeting all the sailboats that go out. But the people that are on them, he has to go out and save them. And another cheesy way, if you haven't seen them, I can tell you what happens. You haven't seen Jaws 2, you don't think. You said you're not sure if you have anyway. So yeah, um, he goes after that one to help save his kids out there. And then we have another spectacular uh, ending there to, uh, to the shark. Jaws 3 has nothing hardly to do with the previous two. The only thing that kind of ties it together is that the oldest kid uh, is in the movie as some kind of a, uh, a director, uh, like an ocean, I forget what they called him, an ocean something. Mm-hmm. Not an oceanographer, but I mean, it was, it was something along those lines. He's working at this park. They've got, uh, well, they've got uh, seals, they've got dolphins and all these different things they do to make uh, a show with and everything. And a shark ends up getting into the area. Um, it ends up getting killed. And they come to find out that this was just a baby shark. Or it was the smaller of the two. The mama shark was still out there. and was a lot bigger. And uh, he, um, gosh, uh, I forget the name, the name of the lady that's in it. with. This is Leah Thompson's first movie, too, by the way. She was in Jaws 3. Oh, wow. Of all the ones that she'd been in. But uh, Lou Gossett Jr. was in as well. And the shark at one point, like it tries to invade the park and it's going to take out the control center area, bust through the glass. This was in 3D at the movie theaters. It was one of the first 3D movies that came out. And it was kind of wild to watch this at the theater with stuff floating right in front of your face, basically coming at you. Um, And of course, it happens to the shark again. The shark loses out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's in pieces. You see pieces of the shark floating towards you, and it's like you you want to reach out and grab it. If you were watching on VHS now or DVD or on TV, whichever you have access to, it's going to look strange to you the way it was filmed, the way you see it. But it looks that way because originally it was meant for 3D. Jaws four, the last one, they call it Jaws four: The Revenge. The mother, Lorraine Brody, is. Um, there and she only has her one son living there with her now. The other one's still gone, mm-hmm. and the other one has now become a sheriff's deputy. I believe it was of the place there. She had lost her husband. He had a heart attack, but she blames it on the sharks. She said <laughs> the sharks the reason why he had a heart attack, and that's why he's dead. She firmly believes that the sharks have it in for her family, and they are all they're going to kill her family off one at a time. They end up uh, killing her. Uh, her son early in the movie so i'm not going to go past that for you to say anything else other than that you you know that that's the the gist of it starting in the movie uh she leaves and goes to the bahamas where her other son is and a shark the shark ends up being there as well so a great shark uh, a great white shark in the bahamas is really not going to happen the water's too warm but they made it sound like it followed her all the way there to take out the rest of the family. <laughs> wow. Um, so if you get a chance and you want a giggle, uh, you can watch that movie. It's got Michael Caine in it as well. Lance Guest plays her oldest son. Uh, that's the guy from The Last Starfighter. Um, Michael Caine plays somebody that's on the island that serves as kind of a little love interest for her or something. Yeah, that's about it for that. Uh, I'm really hoping they don't do no more 
you know, sequels to this movie, but they are in talks of possibly doing a prequel uh, based on uh, something that the Quint character talked about, about their ship uh, being taken out. This is during the Pearl Harbor time, I guess. Yeah. And uh, all the sharks floating around in the water, waiting for the people just to, you know, be fatigued till they just sink down to the water for them or something. I don't know if it'd be a good idea for a film or not. But they they are kicking the idea around. So, all in all, um, if you were to give this movie that you watched, Jaws, an overall one through five rating or something, where would you put it in your opinion? I guess I'd give it. I'm gonna up it a little than than I would have normally, but I would say a three out of five. Yeah. I I I'm going a four out of five on this one for this movie, uh, for the first one because the first one is the absolute best. Uh, the rest of them kind of take a step back and aren't as good. And I might go like a three out of five on the second one or something. But the the last two, I just wouldn't give them. I'd be struggling to give them two two and a half. Uh, it's just they, they just weren't for me. The yeah. the first the, the the first one was it, it was it that was it right there. That's they should have just made the first one and left it alone, and not touched it again at that point. But you know Hollywood gets greedy, and yes, they do. We've only got four lethal weapons with a fifth one coming out in the next year or two, so I don't know how they're going to pull that one off. But they are all about the sequels. They don't have no ideas for anything new unless it's Marvel or you know something like that. And technically, that's not new. <laughs> Based off a comic book from like the sixties or something. So, yeah. Anyway, All right, well, that's about the the gist of the show for the movie. Do you want to put your stuff out there one more time? Talk about your podcast again and any social media you might have for the people to hear. Yeah, um, you can check us out at Two Chicks Talking Flicks on all platforms, and uh, new episodes come out on Tuesdays. But uh, you said as far as social media goes, you're on all platforms as well. Yep. Uh, um, we don't do Twitter much, but you can find us on Facebook and uh, Instagram and TikTok at so Two Chicks Talking Flicks. At Two Chicks Talking Flicks. Okay, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. That very bad. Okay. Well, same for us here. Uh, Retro Life for you. You'll find us on Instagram and Facebook mostly. I have a Twitter, but I only use it for certain things. I don't put stuff out on it that much. Mm-hmm. Maybe later on, if I feel like I've got Instagram and Facebook down enough, I'll start focusing more on some Twitter. But I think Twitter's not really the best platform you no. know, for, what, for what we're doing. So it's just a, more of a reach out to people kind of platform for me mm-hmm. than anything else. I would love to do more TikTok, um, but I've, I've got some TikToks that are out there. Some have done fairly well. Some have not done good at all. And it's all based on what we do here. Maybe some clips from 80s or 70s or 90s. Uh, TV or movies or something like that, and some of the things it's it's kind of tough to figure TikTok out. Sometimes you just when you think it's going to be okay, they turn around and they uh, they take the the audio out because it's copyright. Oh yeah. So it's it's tough, to, but then you see people doing stuff all the time with music on it, and you're like, how did they get it? Right. Um, but I got get with the copyright. Uh, I get a little frustrated with that, and I don't so I don't do it that much. Um, I just mainly stick mostly with 
Instagram where you're going to get uh, Retro Life for You as far as that goes. You can also email us here at retroliferyou at gmail.com if you have any questions or comments or suggestions on things you might want to see for a show later down the line. Um, always open for suggestions. And we hope uh, that you guys will download us on all the platforms as well. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, and we have a YouTube show. Now, this particular episode will not be on YouTube. I'm kind of starting to steer away from YouTube a little bit and only using it for special things and just focusing on the audio. So this will just be on I, uh, iTunes and Spotify and Stitcher and Anchor, uh, Google. You'll find them all there and everything. And I believe iHeartRadio just picked us up recently, too. I think you can just on, on, on iHeartRadio. Not too hard to do. You just got to register it on there. <laughs> That's all you got to do. <laughs> and, and you can get on that as well. So, um we do appreciate everybody listening to us. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And Sarah, I really appreciate you stepping in and co-hosting with us tonight. And anytime in the future that you want to come back and co-host with us, you're always welcome. Well, uh, thanks. Definitely help put your name out there some more and uh, all that good stuff and everything. And maybe there's some people that's heard our show that hasn't heard yours. So check it out. I hope they do. So, well, thank you. Thanks for uh, having me on. And uh, yeah. yeah. Well, once again, it's a uh, two chicks talking flicks. Definitely check them out. All right. Well, until next time, we'll see you guys later. Sarah, thanks again. Thank you.